Hi everyone and welcome back to the third and last part of Makaton versus Pex. What do you yeah. think would be the disadvantages with Pex? I think in terms of disadvantages is that it's not necessarily about the Pex but how the Pex is taught. Yeah. And that's what I that's what I'm what I was saying earlier. I I believe the reason I have seen a lot of unsuccessful PEX users is because people don't follow the principles of behavior and ABA, which is rooted in um, in how to implement PEX, a PEX program, and therefore don't know how to motivate or encourage or teach or um, the person how to use the PEX appropriately. Um, they're just expecting it to work. And what they're missing is the teaching element. Yeah. Um, so they don't, they're waiting for it to work. It's kind of how we feel. I mean, I'm going to give an example here, which is not exactly the same, but it's, I have a child that has a, likes to, to chew on things. So everyone tells them to get a chewy and then they expect the chewy to solve all the problems. <laughs> and what I, you know, what I'm saying is that, yes, but we need to teach the child how to use the chewy too, because otherwise we're just going to have a, a chewy that's just thrown across the room and then we're still chewing on all the other things that we don't want yeah. them to chew it on. So I think this is the kind of thing that happens with pecs. Because I have seen many children that come, you know, would come to our organization or I'd work in their homes and they would be using PECS and they never had their PECS book. If you brought it out, they'd throw it away <laughs> <laughs> because it, beca- it had become um, negatively associated or it was taught badly or I don't know. It, maybe gestures or how they pull you towards things was more successful for that young person. I don't know. So yeah, I think not. I don't think it's the pecs. I think it's the way the pecs is taught, mm. um, and I think also not knowing how to reinforce or fade your help or your prompts is a huge issue. So you know how to teach the child to be successful independent of your help is an issue, um, and that comes with a lot of experience, as we both know. We've both been down many roads of trying to teach things and not being successful at fading out our help or our prompts. Um, and we get children that wait for us to help them. Um, so, yeah, I think it's being a, a lot aware of ourselves. And I also think that it can be punishing for some people because it's slow. If you have to look through a book to find the right picture or search through a tablet to find the right theme and the right picture, you know, it might slow you down if you can just take the person to the item you want or just pick it up yourself or sign. Or say the word. So I think it can be yeah. frustrating because it can slow down the communication. I worked with a young man who was, his motivation was incredibly fluid and incredibly quick. And we taught him sign and he was unsuccessful with sign. So we went to pics and we taught him pics and he was successful to a certain point. And then it was like, he'd just be throwing any pictures at you. And like every, every second. So as you were delivering the reinforcement item of the picture, he'd be asking for more. And it was just insane. And he then he got frustrated because it wasn't quick enough. So yeah, I I think it yeah, I think there's a there's an issue there in terms of it can be slow. Yeah. And I think the, what was the other thing that I wanted you to remind me about, Carla? Uh the two people. Okay, because I don't think that people the schools that I visit don't have enough staff for the kids that are already there. Or aren't, there isn't the opportunity to teach, I mean, that's for me worded from, isn't the opportunity for this child to have two teachers or two um, helpers or educators or whatever, however you want to phrase it, at the same time to be able to teach this effectively. Yeah. So I think 
that also could be a reason why it's unsuccessful um, because that's not always possible. And, you know, we've, we've come from an environment where we have one-to-one with all the kids and we have extra staff and we still wouldn't really be able to implement that. No, that we'd have to select all slots. All the time. Yeah, yeah, we'd have to book slots to practice that. Exactly. Uh, otherwise, yeah, otherwise you can't. So those are my thoughts. Those are just the ones that really come to me. I think it's the ABA, not understanding the ABA elements of PECS and not being able to understand the behavioral principles that cripples people in teaching this. I don't think it's the PECS. And I think it's it's resource dependent. It's human resource dependent. And also what happens if you lose your your, your PECS book? You're out on a, on a trip and you lose your PECS book. Now you've lost yeah. everything. So I think there are some things that need to be considered. Um, so, yeah, these are my thoughts on disadvantages. And I do think it's going to be a great tool, and I look forward to being able to use it again in a different way. So You yeah. know what would be really cool? And I don't know if they're already developing this, if it's possible. You know, and again, it, it you just need a phone. Like, what if there was a PEX app, and if mm. the children learn the symbol, and it just, I don't know, that depends as well on ability to draw whatever but mm. like if they could draw the symbol on yeah. the app or the ipad exactly. and then it just comes up you know but that that is a lot of work as well but mm. just ways of making it more of yeah. making it quicker because the i think technology yeah technology can aid a lot and it's just having the time and the people and the experience to be able to design yeah. the right technology yeah i think um, yeah, could be true. it could be phenomenal, but it's going to be it's having people who really know how to teach these things and what they want to design and the tech people being able to yeah. create that would be phenomenal. That's yeah. very true because the disadvantages with Makaton are um, mm-hmm. slightly different because Makaton, you know, using signs is always in you as you know mm-hmm. you don't, if you lo- you don't have to lose anything you'll just have it if you use signs it's just in you, but when it's implemented incorrect like you said when the procedures are done wrong it has it can have undesired consequences and you don't even need to be in ABA for it to go wrong you can just be uh-huh. teaching Makaton outside of ABA and and it happens a lot if people who are teaching are not aware of the certain aspects of signing um, or any like little details that we learn from experience the learner it will hinder the learner. Um, an example that I remember was when I was new and I, I did this mistake. When you're teaching, you use your dominant hand to sign. But then if the child is in front of you, the child will mirror you. So they might be using their non-dominant hand to sign. And that's a big no-no. They need to be using their dominant hand. So so if, you, so if they're mirroring you, they're copying you exactly. So they're not doing it in a way that's better for them so when you're teaching you should either be on the side with them or you need to remember that which dominant hand that the learner has and show them that because once they learn it's fine but it's when you're teaching that's that's the issue you need to be really careful how you teach because if you think about and I know it's hard for people to think about this because things you know we learn in the environment as neurotypical people but I if I learn something wrong it's harder for me to then reteach myself for it to be correct which means imagine that magnified by a hundred by someone with special needs and that's how much harder it is then to teach them something so it's better to try to do things 
well the first time. Um, I remember when I started in in Lauren's class, and they had like a code for you know when you know when you have the the pictures for the kids to to find or to name, and it was sorry, it was green was tacting and red was receptive. But even now I had to think about it because I learned it the other way around. So then when I was running it, I had to reteach myself. And it's been years and I still have to think about it because I, my brain learned it wrong. So it's, again, if you're going to teach, make sure you know how to teach. You've gotten the proper training and you've done some research on it uh, or you've had someone training you on it. So I... You know, I even heard, I know about a case where, um, so one of my friend, one of my closest friends, her friend back home taught Makaton to her son, her firstborn, and it, it was really successful. Like he, he stopped crying. He would just sign when he wanted something and it was brilliant. So if he didn't want to be picked up, he would sign no. If you wanted, for, like he, he picked it up really well. But then the consequence of that was that the, the mom didn't understand the fading in procedures to introduce speech. So signing kept being reinforced, but speech wasn't. But now he's having a speech and language therapy because he doesn't speak. And I don't think it's because he can't speak. It's because he hasn't been taught to speak because the signing was always reinforced. So that's become an issue. And my, my friend's husband said, oh, we're not teaching Makaton to our, to our son and again, sorry, to, and if she's listening to this, which I think she listens, it's him taking one situation where someone who was not a professional, someone who was not trained, messed up and assuming that's what happens with everyone. And I think that's where the backlash as well for ABA comes from. And the backlash that I felt about PECS as well is, you know, of situations where it's gone wrong and you don't do research on and I'm guilty of this as well, you don't do research on why is it gone wrong, and you assume it's the actual, um, I don't know, method or technique. No, it's it's the per- it's usually human error. It's usually people not knowing what to do and when to do it. Uh, and I think, yeah, those are the, I think those are the disadvantages of, disadvantages of Makaton is, again, same aspects. If it's not taught properly, it will have bad, it will have wrong unwanted consequences let's say yeah and i just want to say carl and i are not blaming anybody like we're not saying we're just saying this is what we think has happened i'm not saying that the people that have taught picks are rubbish at aba i'm just saying they might not understand how to the the intricacies of being able to implement these things and fade out your help sometimes and can be incredibly tricky I've worked with kids where it's not tricky at all. And then some kids where it's so complicated that we've had to come up procedures upon upon procedures mm. where we have to have other people watch what we do because we are unaware of how we're doing, how we're helping that kid. So it's because of the complexity of these young people and their, their amazing ability <laughs> to just to be able to do things without us being aware sometimes of yeah. what, how we're helping them. So, well, yeah, I'm not saying that people are rubbish at doing these things. It's that I think that there's a misunderstanding and uh, maybe not an awareness of the complexities that can be um, that can come in your way. And we're yeah. all guilty of it. We're all guilty Absolutely. of creating our own ideas about something. And you know what? Lauren sent me this really cool article by Carbone. It's very 
small, very short. And mm-hmm. they mentioned a study by uh, Tinkani and all, uh, and they said they've seen better results in vocal responses when you combine a prompt delay, man training, and pecs, as opposed to just picture exchange. So, and Carbon and all themselves saw an increase in, in vocal responding when, when they use a prompt delay procedure. So, it means prompt delay means you wait for the for the you give a few seconds for the learner to sign or vocalize uh which reinforcer they wanted and only after that little delay do you then prompt either the you prompt the sign uh but but yeah there's you know combination of methods does work quite well because and i've noticed that in in my own practice as well in aba Sometimes in some some places there's a tendency of okay this is the target we're doing we're teaching this target alone and sometimes it's good to bring in other methods where it doesn't matter it's not for the target but when you're teaching because when you're running the target it's one thing you're wanting to assess it but when you're teaching it it's okay to bring different ways of teaching it because then the child learns learns it in different ways some children need to learn first a certain way so it's solid but other children are able to understand it like if you explain things differently uh, same with us like in math yeah if someone's explaining this and you're not getting it you need to change the way you're teaching it i just want to say one thing while i remember carla another disadvantage of makathon that i have witnessed a lot in my career tell me tell me the tendency to teach children what we call generalized math or generalized requests where yeah, where we, the child is taught more as a sign, oh. or again, or I'm trying to think of anything. I can't think of. But so the child will just sign more. Yeah. Um, which There's is no you know, There's yeah, no like anything else. Exactly. So the child learns that if I do this one action, I get what I want, which is again maybe similar to the exchange. So it might be good as a starting point, you know, to teach that you need to do an action to get something. Okay, so you need to exchange a picture to get something that you want. But then you need to work on diversifying that skill. So being able to do different actions that correlate to different things. Because otherwise, I would work I work with many students who've done this, many, 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 who I visit. And I, go, I walk up to the child and the child just comes up to me and, and signs more. And I'm oh. like, more of what? I, I've literally just seen you. I don't know what you were playing with. Were you, you know, what, what did you have, um, whatever. And then I ask, let's say I ask an aide or a teaching assistant or a teacher or whatever in the classroom. I'm like, hi, what were they playing with? She's like, I don't know. And then oh, we have God. a child who the sign has been unsuccessful in getting what they want. Okay. Which can cause frustration. And we're not saying we never teach generalized mans. Okay. We're just saying they're not a good starting point. Because yeah. then we get a child who will only use one sign for everything. And if we are, our intention is to create a learner that can access other communities, we need to give them the best opportunities to do that. And that will not be generated through the sign more. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so initially, so I taught more and again, and all sorts of um, um, different things when a child has a lot of language. Yeah. So it's a, it adds. I want more bubbles because they Yeah, exactly. More and then the noun. What do you want more of? Yeah. And- Tell me what you want more of. So that's just something I wanted to add because it is always used everywhere. Um, 
and I don't I don't think it's very beneficial for the first sign for those mm-hmm. young people. I've had to undo a lot of that with some of the kids. Um, and and I will also say this: when you teach sign and you teach the first sign, and then you teach another, the child is confident with that sign. You teach another one. They often use the first one, but that is just because they don't know how to discriminate yet. Mm-hmm. And it's a teething period which you get over. Um, but it's common, but it's not the same as just using one sign for everything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's all I want to say. To, yeah. Should we go into our end thoughts and wrap mm-hmm. it up? Yeah. So what are your end thoughts about? I I'll just say sorry. I'm just gonna say mouth. Sorry. I'm gonna be really rude. No, I am still it. not over the fact that PEX it's AVA based because <laughs> I want to go back in time and go to every school I go to and they go, we don't like AVA. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and I want to say, but you use PEX just so I can say, but PEX is a, it's made by behavior yeah. now, ABA people just to see their faces, you know, cause I've had, and there's a particular school I'm, I'm thinking of where I've had clients yeah. who go there and the head teacher hates ABA she she publicly says ABA is not good I don't support ABA blah blah yeah there's a lot of that but, but every single student of yours has a PEX book mm-hmm. and it's <laughs> I'm still not over yeah. it I'm, I, I, I have think a fact I have seen children at schools and I'm I'm and this may be where I misinterpreted how how developed PEX could be or is I have seen children request using their voice to a teacher, like, I want the apple. I want the red apple. And the teacher goes, get your textbook out. No. It makes the child sign <laughs> right out the sentence they just said. That's ridiculous. And, and I'm like, well, this is, a, this is why the child doesn't speak anymore, because you've punished their voice. Now yeah, they only use the picture. And it's a, again, as I said earlier, it's a longer way around. It's more frustrating because you've got to find all the pictures or all the words and write out the sentence and then tell it to the person. And um, I think in that sense, maybe that child could have been on the responsive, um, like phase five or whatever, been learning more, but they didn't have to keep doing phase four or phase three. And it's, that not, can al- it's not appropriate anymore. And I can, yeah. almost, I can almost see if the... If the founders of PEX saw that, I'm sure they would be like, what are you doing? Because PEX, and that's the thing, like, now that you've described PEX to me, I think PEX, like Makaton in certain areas of Makaton, it depends on the learner. It depends on on the skills and what the learner needs. It doesn't mean you have to use PEX forever or Makaton forever, for that matter. If Makaton is a way... To bring back to bring speech up. Once the person is speaking, mm-hmm. that that's the quickest way of communicating. So if they're speaking, and if they can speak perfectly, it's good if they know the signs to communicate with other people. But maybe they don't need to be using signs all the time if they don't need. The same thing with pics. If they can speak, then yep. you don't need the pics. Then exactly, and. I I know of two students that I have personally worked with who we taught to sign and who don't have to sign anymore oh. because they can speak. You know one. It's not as fluent as the other one. Um, mm. But we taught him sign because he didn't – and he wasn't a very good sign, I have to be honest. And he started to speak through the sign. And that's what that carbon paper sort of um, – that Carla mentioned sort of um, can support. And I know another young man – 
who was so prolific at signing and so good that he used to make up his own signs. Oh, maybe so If we didn't know, he'd sign and we're like, okay, he's totally made that up. Okay. He had like 600 signs at one point. If you had to work with him, you had to go through this book of like learning all the signs. Oh. And he now is able to communicate fluently enough with his voice, his language, and I 100% believe it's through the sign. And he still signs as a comfort thing, but not always because he doesn't need to. Um, but he is able to communicate effectively without uh, augmentative or alternative communication system anymore. Yeah. So it is possible. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's what we're saying. We're saying is find what works best for that person. And if if it's it's so what do you want the person to do? Do you want the person to speak? Can they speak? Are they mute? Are they deaf? Like what what do you want them to do? And and work towards that. Don't get to the point of what Lauren mentioned. The person can speak, oh get your book, get your picture book. Because it could be a PEX book, it could be a Makaton book, because if Makaton also does um symbols, it could easily be a Makaton book as well. But it's just why would you do that? <laughs> Why would you do that to a child? It's very frustrating, especially if you find communication hard already. Um, yeah. So yeah. Should, should we go into links? So we're, mm-hmm. we'll re- we'll repeat the sources we use. I'll repeat mine. So um, I use the Makaton website, www.makaton. So that's M-A-K-A-T-O-N.com. I also read an article called. Uh, the Makaton vocabulary using manual signs and graphic symbols to develop interpersonal communication by Grove and Walker, 1990. And I looked at the article Lauren sent me, which is called Increasing the Vocal Responses of Children with Autism and Developmental Disabilities Using Manual Sign Man Training and Prompt Delay, 2010, by Carbone, Sweeney, Kerwin, Atanasio and Casper with the K, uh, and this is just a three-pager, so it's not that long to read. So those are my references. Cool, thank you. Sorry, if you can hear, um, I'm not, I sit in the quietest place in my house, but if you can hear the monkeys running on the reef, I'm sorry. And yes, we have monkeys in South Africa. Oh, they tend mother. to rule the roost here. They're very <laughs> cute. It's called a vervet monkey, if you want to Google it. Um, but yeah, they tend to make a lot of noise all the time. <laughs> Um, so my resources came mostly from Indiana Resource Center for Autism, and you can just Google that, and they've got great um, articles and resources in there. Um, also, but I um, looked up, it's called uh, Corwin.com, but it's the Behavior Modification Issue, Volume 25, Number 5, in October 2001. Um, and it's got some great, um, it's uh, sort of like a, almost like a book of different chapters, and there's a big one on uh, PICS. And then, obviously, the Pyramid Educational Site Consultants, which is um, the founders of PICS. Um, and a lot of resources are in their website about the, them and their story. And all the free resources are, yeah, it's amazing. So go in there, have a look. And you can read about their journey um, as becoming, you know, therapists. And And I think what I love about the two of them is that they both have been educators in schools and on the field so they know their community very well yeah they know what's up yeah yeah and so yeah I think that their um resources and their knowledge is phenomenal and um yeah so and I just want to add again that Carl and I are not trying to say that 
a you know that you have to know ABA in order to teach thing, these things. We have just been very successful using ABA, and we believe that ABA can be very successful in teaching certain things if you really understand how to use it. We're not saying it's the only way. It's just that we've seen incredible success with the young people we work with, and we feel very passionate about spreading that message. I have recently come into contact with people who have a very skewed view of what ABA is and telling me they don't do ABA. And I'm, you know, maybe I'm speaking out to other people now saying that you, everyone does ABA. They just don't know it is called ABA. Oh yeah, that's for sure. All reward systems are ABA. All token economies are ABA. It's all ABA. All house points at school. So you, part of this team is ABA. It's positive reinforcement. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to, Yeah, I just wanted to say, exactly, dojo points. I just wanted to say that because I think people think they know what we're talking about and they, I don't know. And we've spoken about this in the Myths and Misconceptions. Um, there's a monkey. I don't know if you heard that. Myths and Misconceptions um, podcast about, um, you know, ABA isn't always what you think it is. And it's actually because it's designed on understanding behavior it is actually quite a phenomenal tool. So it doesn't mean it's only used for certain things. It's if you understand behavior and why people are doing things, you can be sit in the power seat and make and 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 create incredible um, methods of helping people. So yeah, I just wanted to say that. Sorry for the preaching. All right. So if you have anything you want to tell us, or if you want to communicate or reach out to us, you can contact us on aba.owls.uk at gmail.com. We also have the website, www.abaowls.com. So please reach out. We love to hear what you have to say. Thank you. And our next podcast um, will be available next month on the 7th of December. And please be, feel free, as Carla said, to email or message us on Instagram. We're at, at ABA underscore owls. If you have a particular topic you'd like to us to address or talk about, And of course, please rate, like, and subscribe to us. It's called Chirping, like birds chirp. Chirping with ABA Owls on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. Or you can just Google it. You can find us and on Instagram and Facebook. So please um, do get hold of us. We'd really like to hear you from you. Thank you for listening. Bye.